It's Divas That Care Radio. Stories, strategies, and ideas to inspire positive change. Welcome to Divas That Care, a network of women committed to making our world a better place for everyone. This is a global movement for women, by women, engaged in a collaborative effort to create a better world for future generations. To find out more about the movement, visit divasthatcare.com after the show. Right now, though, stay tuned for another jolt of inspiration. Hello, everybody. So excited to be here with you on this broadcast of the Divas That Care. This is the Journey Through Stuck channel, and you can follow all the amazing women on www.divasthatcare.com. But I am so excited to be here with my beautiful friend, Rebecca George, today. And she is a coach, but her story is going to blow you away. We're here to talk about getting out of the pig pen. So if you've ever struggled in life and you feel like you're just getting knocked over by situation and situation, and you felt judgment from other people and from yourself, and you are sick of it, and you are ready to get out of the pig pen, then you got to stick around and hear this incredible story. So welcome, Rebecca. I'm so excited that you're here. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, of course. So we were just talking a little bit about your story and you have, you were divorced and then you, you were in Indiana at the time. So you've moved from Indiana to Florida. You Mm -hmm. had COVID, your daughter had COVID, your mom had cancer. Uh, You had a fire. and. Started a new business. Yeah. Started a new business. Yeah. And 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 one of the big things too was you were in a church when you went through a divorce and you really you got a lot of judgment and condemnation Mm -hmm. from other people that you loved and trusted. And then you really carried that around and it impacted your life and decisions that you were making. So talk a little bit about overcoming challenges and how how Father God worked with you to bring you through that. Yes, God is so good. Um, so when I got divorced, you know, I was in a ministry position, my ex-husband and I, um, you know, we were youth pastors and, um, I was in this place of what I now look back and can see that there was, you know, the, the enemy had put kind of blinders over my eyes. So I couldn't see things the way that I feel like I should have. And I think he he did the same to my ex-husband as well, but, um, at the time, you know, I just wanted love. I wanted some love. I wanted some, somebody to come around me and say, this is going to be okay. My world was crashing down. You know, I had a three-year-old and, um, you know, was married and thought that I would be married forever. And this was, this was gone and crumbling underneath me. And, and so instead of my Christian friends embracing me and loving me and saying, you know, I'm here for you. How can we help most of them? Not all of them, most of them, um, completely just, shut me out, stopped talking to me, had judgmental things to say. Um, you know, people were, no one called to check up on me, very few people. Um, and honestly, there was one couple in the church that, that continued to act as if, you know, continued to act like, like the hands and feet of Christ and they helped me and they continued to check on me. And that was actually my hope in the midst of that situation. Um, but other than them, you know, there wasn't a whole lot of people that did that. And I felt very ostracized. And as time went on, um, my ex-husband got married very quickly after we split. And I remember feeling like, well, this is it. Now there's no, there's no chance for restoration. This is all that it is. 
And, and then I started feeling that condemnation, you know, that comes from, from the enemy. Cause we know condemnation doesn't come from Christ, you know, um, he can convict us, but he doesn't condemn us. Right. And so that condemnation of, of you won't be anything, you never are going to be able to be anything. You had this huge calling in your life and now you don't. And I always say, I felt like I had sacrificed my calling on the altar of divorce, where I just laid myself down and said, I no longer have this calling. And so I felt like, you know, Christians, I would talk about how I wanted to preach and I wanted to, you know, or I would wanted to teach, um, even though I, I, I felt called to it, even though I didn't really want to do it. And people would say, oh, you can't do that. You've been divorced or, you know, no one's going to listen to you. You've been divorced or, or whatever. Um, and so it was, it was very damaging for me, you know, for, for the last eight years, I allowed myself to be in relationships that I should have never been in that were, un, that were, um, not aligning for my purpose, not bringing glory to God. They were hurtful to me. They were abusive. They were all of these things. Um, I allowed myself to, you know, to, to treat myself in a way that I should have never allowed because I didn't believe that I still had the worth that that was connected to being with Christ. Oh my goodness. That's, it's awesome how he'll meet us even in our lowest points and bring us through and wake us up. Yes. You were saying that, you know, after this situation mm-hmm. and you were beating yourself up and you had this condemnation and um, you were allowing it to put you in some bad situations, but then father God kind of said, you've got to grieve this. You got to get yeah. past this. So how did yeah. that go? So I moved here 10 months ago to Florida and had no idea why I was. I just felt like the Lord had told me to, to get out of a situation I was in and I needed to fresh start. And I came here with absolutely no one. The only people I knew here other than my daughter was my daughter's dad and his wife, which are great people, but not, you know, I'm not going to go spend a lot of time with them, obviously. (laughs) Um, So it was kind of in this place where I was like, God, it's just me and you, what do I do? And so, um, because he's a, he's a youth or children or youth and, uh, executive pastor. I went to the church that he goes to and I was, you know, sitting in the church and on a Sunday morning, randomly, God told me it's, it's time for you to grieve. And I said, Lord, this doesn't make sense. I don't need to grieve my marriage. I, this was eight years ago. I've long past that, you know, I'm over him. He's happy. And he said, you haven't grieved properly at all. And that's why you've been in these situations. You've never allowed yourself to grieve the death of what you lost, not only from my marriage and the expectation that I had and the things that we were called to together, but also everything I had done since then that I had allowed the enemy to steal from me. And, you know, there's a scripture that talks about how God will restore everything that has been stolen, you know, everything that the locust takes or the canker worm takes from us. Right. And so, um, I started feeling like, okay, well, I need to grieve, but how do you grieve? And this sadness came over me that I cannot explain. It was like, um, like a cloud, like death had actually occurred. And I cried for 21 days straight. Um, and of course there's tons of times in the Bible where 21 means something special. So it's, it's not a surprise that it was 21 days, but it's 21 days of me just grieving and crying and sobbing out to the Lord and fasting and not being able to really like hardly work in between each um, counseling or, or, um, coaching session I would have, I would just cry. And, um, finally after the 21 days, I went back to church again that next Sunday. Um, and the Lord said, you know, uh, he said, okay, you've grieved. And that, that was what I wanted you to do. And he said, now it's time for you to get yourself out of the pig pen. And I said, Lord, what does that even mean? What do you mean the pig pen? And he reminded me of the prodigal son and how the prodigal son had 
had said, I want my inheritance early. He'd gone off and squandered it all. And he ended up in a pig pen and he ended up covered in the dirt and dust eating the things that the pigs were eating. And the Lord told me, you know, it's time for you to dust yourself off, get the mud off and act like you're mine and get out of the pig pen. And, and I, you know, just lost it. And of course I was crying and I was like, I'm still yours. Like, how am I still yours? Because I, 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 I marred your name. Like this isn't who you are. Right. And, um, and he said, he said, no one can pluck me from your hands. Nobody can take you from my hands that I, that I have you in not sin, not death, not the enemy, not divorce, not, you know, a scarlet letter that you feel like you have no can pluck you from my hand and he said so it's time for you to act put your crown back on and act like you're mine and um and he said and write a book and it's going to be called out of the pig pen your journey out of shame and i i said lord i have had i've carried shame around since i was a little girl that has been a part of me it's been a tumor that has never left and i said god this is this is i i feel like an imposter i can't write a book about leaving shame when i still carry it around with me every day and he said, I freed you from it. It's time for you to act like it. And I said, okay, Lord, whatever you want, you know, whatever you want, this is what it is. So I have since then started really um, stepping into my calling of what God has for me and realizing that I don't have to just wait till I die. Cause I was kind of in this place where I was like, if I can just make it through without killing myself or without, without, I mean, really, that was kind of my goal was to make it to where my daughter was 18. And then I planned on taking my own life because I was like, there's no point in me living anymore. And, and the more I live, the more I mess things up. And, um, and I just said, I have to wait till my daughter turns 18 and my mom dies because I might would break my mom's heart. So those were the things that I waited for. And, and that reminding, it was the first time I had hope in almost 10 years and hope is beautiful, but hope is scary. And so for me, it was that moment of, okay, I grieve and you replace it with hope, but God, hope is terrifying to me because what if I don't live up to that? And so it's been that journey of, of realizing that, you know, God's gifts and callings are irrevocable as his word says, and that he has us right here in his hands. And that no matter how many times, you know, uh, we think somebody or something has plucked us out. He says, no, I've got you. That is just so beautiful. I have goosebumps. I was oh going to say, I'm going to get emotional over here, but. <laughs> <laughs> and so now you've got a, a business that you started mm -hmm. in June this year and it's sheer, so your background was in, I mean, you've been in, in therapy for like a really long time. You've been yes. In yep. I've been a mental health therapist for about 15 years. Um, okay. I have done all kinds of different things, you know, worked in, in drug and alcohol rehab centers, jails, you know, the, the prison system, worked at Department of Children's Services, all of those types of things. Um, but yeah, God has, has changed my calling very much in the last few months. And that has been a huge shift for me. Wow. So now your, your business is Sheer, S-H-E-A-R. And we were yep. just talking about that. And that's based on John, right? John 15, yes. Yeah. So my favorite part about that is that like, you know, if you read John 15 and it talks about the vine and the branches and how, how God prunes us, like pruning is not a fun process, right? I mean, it's, it's, it's not fun. And I feel like that's what I've gone through this last year is a pruning process of, you know, him saying, Oh, this doesn't, this doesn't produce me fruit. Like this does not bring me glory. So I need to get rid of this. 
And sometimes we come to a place of isolation for that. And that's what happened to me this last year was a place of complete dependence on him. And I said, and so now I wake up every day and as hard as it is, I'm like, Lord, shear me, take everything that is not of you that does not produce fruit and kill it because I don't like, I, I don't need any of these things. I only need you. I don't want a blessing that doesn't come from you or with you. I don't want a relationship that doesn't come with you or for you from you. I don't want anything that isn't bearing me, bearing you fruit and bringing you glory. And so that's why I named it Sheer Vision so that I can, you know, help other people as I go along this journey and do it with the Lord to say, how do we get rid of things that don't produce fruit for us, that don't align with the calling that we have? Because we all have a big calling and purpose on our lives of bringing glory to God. But then inside of that, we have to figure out what does that mean? Like, how do we practically bring glory to God? Because not everyone's an evangelist. Not everyone's a teacher or a preacher. So it's like, how do we, how do we figure out how to do that and not live just a life of mediocrity or a life of, of lukewarm as a lot of these, you know, people do in the world because it's, it's easy to do. And so that's kind of where that sheer vision came from. Now I will have, um, probably other things that break off, off, off outside of that. Cause I plan on having, um, a group where I have like some other therapists and I have uh, coaches and they're, they're going to be doing some other things underneath that, um, that may be named different things, but I have that. And then I also have a private practice, um, that's called Sela, uh, therapy. And it is based on, you know, the, the biblical scriptures of, uh, Sela. Um, actually I think it's pronounced Sela, but it is, um, just that taking rest and letting the Lord kind of anoint you and, and flow over you. But I've changed from therapy to coaching because um, therapy is beautiful. It's awesome. It's great, but it's also very draining. It's very emotionally draining. It's very emotionally draining on me. Um, also, I felt a lot of people were getting stuck. A lot of people were just getting stuck in therapy, feeling their, their stress from the past and not being able to move forward. And also a lot of people in the psychology world don't believe in God. And there's a lot of, um, there's been a lot of times that I've been ostracized and shunned from my psychology friends, you know, from my uh, clinical world to, for believing this worldview. And so I said, you know what, I want to help people to reach their potential and who God has for them. And my big thing is to work with people who have church hurt and have, you know, pain and forgiveness that they need to work through that comes from a Christian. Sometimes those are the worst because we then tend to see that and think that that's who God is, right? Um, if you grew up with a dad that was, that was aloof or was emotionally distant or emotionally, um, you know, manipulative, and maybe he was a Christian, or said he was right. But then you then turn around and, and see God that way, right? You see God as aloof or emotionally distant or, you know, uh, abusive or waiting for us to mess up. Right. And so it, it affects our relationship with God. It affects our relationship with other people. And time and time again, when I meet people and I say, what do you, you want to come to church with me? Do you want to know the Lord? And they say, no, Christians are judgmental. Christians are this Christians are that. And so it's like, let me help you to work through this, to say, the poor representation that Christians show sometimes of Christ is not who Christ is. Oh, wow. Oh my goodness. This is so beautiful. And I learned, I learned so much by listening to you. It's just absolutely Thank wonderful. You. If they're God all, is so good. I'm, I'm so passionate uh, about it. I can talk about it. So <laughs> it's so good. I don't know how I went most of my life ignoring him because mm -hmm. the, peace, the peace and the joy through 
you know, in a year like last year that we had with all the COVID and everybody's so afraid and watching the news and just getting really scared. I'm like, just spend more time in the Bible and less time yeah. staring at garbage. You know what I mean? And right. A lot better. Right. When I got COVID, I actually got COVID twice in the last year and I've had it. Um, it was bad both times. And I just said, Lord, if you, you know, if you want to take me home, take me home to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. You know, like I, I finally got to the place now where I'm like, I'm not, I'm not scared as much of, of what happens here in this earth as much as like, I, I don't want to die now because I have so much more that I want to do before I get to heaven. Not because I'm terrified of death, which is a whole different world, you know? And now it's, now I'm kingdom minded where I think, how can this gift or how can this thing glorify God? How can I bring glory to God from this? And the same with my testimony when something happens or something goes wrong. I mean, this last year has been really rough moving to a different state, having to be by myself, being a single mom, you know, living, um, living in a whole new place. And my mom is going through chemo in a different state right now, which is really hard. I love my mom very much. And, um, you know, the fire and then losing work with, uh, you know, sickness and all of that. So being the only income that's stressful. And so I just feel like God brought me to this place of complete and total reliance on him and knowing that, Hey, if it's, if it comes down to, you know, like I said, the birds feeding me, Ravens feeding me, then I got to know that that's going to happen, you know? And there's been so many times I have to tell you this real quick. So many things where people have given me so much favor in this, um, in this season, as I've been growing my business, I've had people who are not Christians reach out to me and be like, I want to coach you. I don't want to help you. And I want to do it for free because I feel like God is calling me in this way. Or people who have said, Hey, I don't even like, I had one person say, I don't, I don't even, I'm not a believer, but for some reason I'm just drawn to you. And I want to help you with the thing that I can do for your business and gave it to me for free. I've had other people do discounts. Like God is telling me, you know, um, I want to give you a discount in this because of this. I've had people reach out and just be like, I want to bless you. I had a friend I hadn't talked to in co since college who reached out and said, I know you've missed some work. So can I send you some money so I can help you, you know, just ran. And I was like, I literally haven't seen you since I was 18 years old, you know, <laughs> like how is this a thing? And God is just continuing to show me, like, I have you covered. And I, like this, this world is not your source. I am your source. And if you are doing what I call you to do, I'm going to, I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to provide for you. And I, my prayers have changed from me, 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 like, let me have a, you know, it used to be a, let me have a great house and a Range Rover and a pretty life and a, <laughs> and a, a handsome yes. husband. I want all these things. And yes, I still want those things, but I want the big house to be able to bless people and have people come stay. I want a godly husband so that we can do more for the kingdom of God than I can do alone. You know, I want um, a, a, a vehicle that is paid off so that I can say, hey, this is, this is God's, you know, to God's glory that he has provided this, right? Like it's the whole purpose is so different. Wow. Oh my gosh. This has just been so awesome. And I hope for you listeners that are on there, if you've been struggling with you know, guilt around the church, or you don't want to go back, or you're, you know, you, you're beating yourself up, you know, you need to forgive, but you're like, you don't understand what they've done to me. Um, and I've struggled with forgiveness in the past. You don't forgive because they deserve it. You forgive because you do. And because God mm -hmm. tells us to, and you're going to stay in torment if you don't. So please don't stay stuck. Reach out to Rebecca. She is amazing. She leads with heart. I just met her recently. God brought us together. And it's just been like, wow, like, 
So yeah, <laughs> such a great connection. Yes, God is so good. One hundred percent divine partnerships. That's what I. That's what I believe. Oh, it's awesome. So I'll make sure that I put the links to everything. So that way you can get in touch with her. But if you're one of my friends and you're like, I have to meet Rebecca, then just reach out and I'll get you in touch with her. But everybody have Thank a Thank you so day. much. Oh, it's awesome. Yay. Thanks for listening. This show was brought to you by Divas That Care. Connect with us on Facebook, on Instagram, and of course on divasthatcare.com where you can subscribe to our newsletter so you don't miss a thing.